Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to episode 56 of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. I am so excited to talk to my guest today, Ben Matucci. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you. Like I told you right before, I love speaking to other marketing people. So guys, this is going to be an epic episode for all of you. So Ben Matucci started his career at age 18 doing door-to-door sales. He's now the co-owner of Zima for the last three and a half years, taking care of 68 active clients, managing over a million dollars in ad spend. And he's worked with some of Seattle's and the country's biggest brands, 40 of the 68 clients are real estate agents. And what the company does is PPC, which is pay-per-click advertising and media production. So guys, video ads. Um, And I'm really excited to kind of dive in with you, hear how you got here, some of your advice for anyone who's starting to test, dabble in ads, and specifically in real estate, which is no major now. So how did you get here? How did you go from door-to-door sales to internet marketing agency? Yeah, so it's actually kind of a crazy story. Um, I was knocking doors. I dropped out of college in the first quarter. I just, my heart wasn't in it. And I wanted to figure out like what I wanted to do. And I knew like learning sales would be a good thing to do. So I, I went to Salt Lake City from Seattle. And I uh, sold door-to-door there for summer. Ended up doing really well. And I led a team of people the next year. Um, and I went to, <clears throat> I went to uh, Austin, Texas. I went to Sacramento. And I went to, ended up in Miami, Florida. I was in Miami, I was uh, walking and, and knocking doors, and I got hit by a drunk driver as a pedestrian. Um, oh, my gosh. I, it was pretty crazy. I uh, totally screwed up my back. I fractured two of my vertebrae, herniated four of my discs, um, had some nerve damage. And so, you know, after that happened, I couldn't knock doors anymore. So it was like, this is a commission job. You got to be there to make money. So how am I going to do this? Um, my business partner, who is also one of my best friends growing up, was very like already getting into e-commerce. He was already doing affiliate marketing. And uh, I had the skills to go and sign people up. And he had the skills to fill the work. So like, let's team up and uh, I'll start selling these services. Um, and, and then, you know, we'll build up the team to fill it. And uh, fast forward, you know, three and a half years, where are where we are today. Um, and it's been really cool to see things grow the way that they have. I love that. What were you selling when you were going door to door? I was selling pest control for a company called Active. Um, okay. which is like an environmentally friendly pest control company. They're pretty large. I think um, they sold they sold part of their company, I think like most of their accounts to Terminex for like $100 million or something like that. Wow. Um, it's actually a pretty cool story because the guy built it in eight years and sold it for $100 million. Um, that is pretty all, cool. That, yeah, it's pretty cool because it was all through leveraging college students and they would sell in their summer months. And then the, the thing is like, if you don't want to have student debt, you want to learn a valuable skill, you go sell door to door, you make enough money to pay for your college that year. You get the average person to make like 20, 30 grand in four months selling. And then um, you also are able to pay for your school and get these skill sets. So it was, it's a cool company and it was a great experience. I think a lot of like that put me into where I am now. I love that. It's so funny. We had someone else on the show who also built like a whole tech company and they sold it. And this guy, Christian Chasmer, a couple, I don't know, maybe like 20 episodes back already. Um, and he had a very similar experience with, without the car crash accident. Um, he worked with yeah. them like paint across America or something like that. And it was the same idea, college students on their summer months, going door to door, selling something <laughs> there. They were selling um, yeah. house painting. Yeah, that's uh, cool. That is fascinating. A, I didn't realize totally, that there was like more than one industry. I mean, I guess I could have intuitively yeah, I mean, said that, but it's very, it's a very interesting model. I like it. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, the thing about door-to-door sales is it's very transactional. So the things you learn, like, those, you know, you never want to make people buy things they don't want to buy. You never want to use your sales ability to get people to do things they shouldn't do. But the type of sale when you're doing door-to-door is transactional because you're going to meet that person once, you're going to sell to them, and then the fulfillment team is going to come in. Whereas, like, what I do now is totally different. I don't even really consider it sales. I consider it consulting because my clients work with me reoccurring. So, like, we're going to work together. The relationship needs to start off on a good foot and needs to be fully educationally based. 
um, and then they need to make their decision. And like, if they choose to, or they not choose not to, I'm still going to be in contact with them and like, you know, doing those transactional sales. I've even seen this like with hiring people from those industries. Some of those things don't necessarily roll over into the consulting area so fluidly. So it's definitely been interesting to see like things transition, but I'm totally happy with what I do and being able to have ongoing relationships is fun. Yeah, I like that. I like that differentiator. I think that that's something you're interesting to go into just for a minute. The difference between what you might call transactional sales, which is like one and done, right? Like I sell you something and then you never see me again. Like someone else takes it over, um, which is what most corporate sales looks like. Whenever you have different teams doing things, right? And always in corporate, you've got the whole sales team or sales floor or sales, whatever. They're there just to make the sale. So you don't need to like them. You're never going to have a relationship with them. They're never going to do anything other than sell to you. That's very, very limited. Um, and then what you yeah. would call, would you call this educational sales? Like what would you give it as a name, this relationship sales? Yeah. Um, someone once told me that um, they would consider it like technical sales because like there's lots of ins and outs and numbers. Um, so PPC and doing online ad campaigns. Um, for me, I consider it more consulting um, because I, I meet with people. I'm very upfront with like what it looks like to work with us. You know, before we even meet, they need to understand what it's going to look like. Otherwise, I'm just wasting my time going to meet with them. Um, and then once we tell them what it's going to look like to work with us, they decide that they want to learn more about how they can get there. Then we start educating them. Um, usually, I spend time like the way I do it is like a 50 minute introduction call with somebody because um, I don't know if I want to give them a bunch of time yet until I talk to them. And they don't know if they want to give me a bunch of time yet. We do that 50 minute call. If that goes well, I have a discovery form that I send them and it's pretty in-depth. It takes them like 30, 40 minutes to fill out. Um, and once they fill that out, then I, then I move forward and I put together a strategy and we review that strategy together. I never send the invoice. I never send the proposal unless I'm going to review it with them and have a meeting for that. Everyone just looks at the price tag and throws it out the window. Um, if you don't take time to look at it and then, um, once that's, that's happened, then usually it's like, let's move forward and do this. Or, you know, I'm six weeks out or three months out, whatever it is. But I'd really try to be educationally based because there's so much going on in the online world. And there's honestly so many different avenues you can take to grow your business that uh, we need to make sure that people are clearly understanding what they're going to get, why they want to take this opportunity and do it, and then how they're going to maximize that. Because um, a lot of what we're doing is like PPC generating leads and things like that. And a lead is an opportunity, but opportunity is nothing if you don't follow up on that opportunity. We have to make sure that everyone knows like this isn't a hands-off, you know, for getting you homes closed from these leads. We're getting you people who want to sell their home, but you still got to win their business. Um, and so I just really try to make sure like being upfront about that because when I started my business, I didn't have, I don't feel like I ever pushed anyone to do anything they didn't want to do. I don't feel like I ever told anyone that, they uh, were going to get things that they wouldn't or things would go differently, but I wasn't blunt about things. And now I'm just blunt about it. Like we can get you 50 leads in a month and they're all going to be qualified. They're all going to fill out the form. But if you don't call them in 24 hours and guarantee you, you're not going to get them as a client. And I have to literally tell that to people because they need to know the best way for them to maximize what we're doing. Um, so that's why I kind of feel like it's consulting because it's like a two way street. If I'm getting them business and they're not maximizing that business by following up, then my business model isn't sustainable because we don't make, we don't do well when people come in for two months and leave. We do well when we have the same clients for 30 months for 24 months. And that's how my business has grown to where it is now. So it's like, I have to be a consultant, more like a team member to them, like getting them stoked on it, helping them with everything that I can as opposed to a salesperson because a salesperson, I feel like you're getting them to commit. And then you're kind of hands off. And I've seen it firsthand. I, I hired uh, a guy who was a very successful timeshare salesman over the phone. And uh, we were running online ad campaigns for ourselves. And uh, all I, I noticed all the business he closed um, ended up, we ended up having issues with communication or with people. And I, I kind of learned that the sales process that he was taught as a timeshare salesman was a very high pressure. You have to act now or you're going to lose your opportunity. And a lot of things, and that's not, you know, that's not how I am. And that's not how we want to have our clients' relationships. So it was a big learning experience for me. Unfortunately, I wasn't the one, or I wasn't uh, firsthand having the, the experiences with those people. So I was able to come in as the business owner and correct things and make sure everyone felt good about things. But it was definitely eye-opening to me. Um, and being someone who's training, like, you asked me what my biggest problems in business are. So one of them right now is training people and finding good team members as we scale. Um, and like it was a huge experience for me 
to understand the different types of sales and the different types of personalities and all these things that come into play. Uh, and plus on top of that, like when you're hiring people to represent your company, it's like very, very important that you, you not only qualify them and teach them the way that they need to engage with people, but also like make sure you're just getting the right people from the start. Um, For sure. The car, car sales, timeshares, door to door. Um, those are all very transactional and those are not, not at all the same type of sales cycle. You know, I would say like kind of like real estate is somewhat transactional, but at the same time, like any good real estate agent knows that if they want to be successful for the long run, they have to treat every client like they're going to be their go-to home, you know, realtor or whatever for the rest of their life. And they need to make sure that they're present, that they're giving them the best customer service and really any sales transaction should be like this. But I think some business models are built in a sense that people can just kind of get the sale and run away. And so totally. Anyways, yeah, I would call this more, that's fine. I would call it more relationship sales. And I, I talk Absolutely. a lot about this. It's funny. Last week's episode, I was talking to a sales guy as well. Um, and one of the things that he said is exactly like what you said. They do, they do very interesting. They, hold, they do a whole like direct mail thing that direct mail that takes people to an online sales page um, where people submit their information. And he said, we call them within the hour that he has got a thing on his phone as their thing comes in, comes instantly notification and he picks up the phone and calls them within the hour. He's like, Hey, you know, I just happened to open my email and see your notification. And they're just like, how, how did you get back to me so fast? You know? Um, but that's totally, if you're doing anything where you're trying to build that relationship, then you've got to have a relationship. It doesn't work if you're just like, you know, hi, buy this. Okay. Bye. And I think that in general, no one really wants that anymore. People are sick yeah. of being sold to. They're sick of being yeah. manipulated into things that they don't really need, they don't really want, they don't really like. And I'm not gonna say that in certain industries it doesn't work. And sometimes if you're, again, in a corporate setting, if you're just the sales guy and then it gets handed over to the customer relationship team and the account managers, could be different. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when you're a small business, like a- you're all of that. <laughs> you yeah. are the sales guy, the account manager, the relationship builder, the consultant. You are everything. And it sounds like you do, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you're doing some sales training for your clients, right? You're telling them what they need to do to maximize on the leads that you get them. Yeah. So um, one thing I've done, like I dropped out of school, but I haven't stopped my education. We buy like a ton of online courses from like top level marketers or people who I know, like they're doing something really well and I want to learn what they're doing. So we'll buy their course, we'll pay for consulting, whatever, to learn the information. Um, so I picked up like a lot of tips and tricks and just also in my time, like doing sales, I sold cars, I sold life insurance, I sold door to door, um, and then I sold marketing. Um, I've kind of learned quite a few things. And so I just try to pass that on. And really the biggest thing is like, I mean, they're just totally off the wall, normal sales statistics, but number one, calling someone in the first 15 minutes gives you a 300% higher chance that you're actually going to convert that lead. Um, another one is that I think it's like. 80% of sales are made between the fifth and 13th reach out. Um, And then there's like another one where uh, usually it's like, I think it's like 30% of the the company who reaches out first is 30% more likely to get the client um, than any other company. So like if you, you know, it's just like, if you're paying for leads, you're like doing any sort of sales, like you're people first and you got to be present. People are present. So, I feel like the best way to kick off a relationship with anybody is to be responsive. You know what I mean? Cause like if you're trying to earn their business and you're trying to get them to pay you money and you're not giving them your full attention and your full energy and you're not following up with them attentively, like literally I usually follow up with every single time I get a text, my commitment to my clients is unless it's at some funky hour of the night or I have scheduled to be out of off work this day and I put it in my calendar and I have notification going out to everybody. I will get back to you in 30 minutes, almost always. And so I feel like that can't stop when you, when you, when you're getting the lead, it has to be even shorter and it can't stop. It has to always be quick and responsive because that's just how good business is done. I think. Totally. And I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, there's, there's a synergy in online marketing. One of the things that I teach in my LinkedIn 3030 course is I, the, the course is how you leverage LinkedIn for sales, right? There's a lot of stuff out there, LinkedIn for influence, LinkedIn for leads. I do LinkedIn for sales and it's five-step process. Part five is getting them offline onto the phone. If you think that you're going to close yeah. deals by typing things or being in your feed, you're wrong. 
That's just not how it works. And typically the deals, because I have actually um, closed clients only by talking out to them through text message. And uh, I've had it happen three times. And every single time that project has completely fallen apart. Because um, so you haven't you built have a real have. connection or real relationship. Yeah. Totally. You have to have that. Totally. I won't. I do the same thing like you. We do a 15 minute consult always. And I call it it's part of my client filters, right? I want to see as much as I want the client to see if I'm the right match for them. I want to see if they're the right match for me. And I don't even want to work with someone where it's not really good on both ends because it'll fall apart. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Um, but yeah, I think um, kind of like what I see right now is people transitioning out of a lot of direct response. So direct response is like in advertising, it can be um, just static ads that are, you know, you basically direct response ad would be showing somebody an ad using a discount showing it to 100,000 people and 99,000 of those people are 99% of them are just they're just not going to engage with it they're, they're just they don't have enough information you're asking them for money before they even know who you are kind of disrespecting their decision process um, and then there's like content-based marketing plans and like awareness-based marketing plans which is kind of more what I do and that's where we're very media-based um, where you're like warming people up and the way that I describe it to people is like there's different levels of psychology that people go through and they make decisions and it happens whether you're buying a home it happens whether you're buying a car something i've kind of like obsessed and studied about um because i thought i found it very interesting but there's the awareness stage there's a decision stage and then or the consideration stage and the decision stage so we have the acd and um we want to always catch people in awareness and in awareness we want to give them value like just upfront value we're not asking anything of them we're saying this is who i am this is what i do this is this is how I can help you, but we're not asking anything of them. We're not asking them for their info. We're just showing them something. And the best, most effective way to do this right now is videos. So we're creating video content. And with this video content, what we're doing is we're targeting people who are qualified to see it based on the business's ideal client. And we're showing them videos. And then depending on how well they engage with that video, they watch it for seven seconds. They watch it for 10 seconds. They watch it for 30 seconds. We're showing them different pieces of content after. So we're able to distinguish who's interested and who's not based on the engagement. And then the content is obviously designed to pull people in, but it's always value-based, always value-based. And then the people who do engage with the amount we want, we're putting them to the next stage, which is the consideration stage. We're actually giving them a value proposition. We're asking them something in return. Um, and a lot of times that's where you get people to convert. And then when people don't convert there, we put them into another set of funnels where we're usually giving them social proof and things like that. Um, but this is how I've, this is how I generate leads for my business. It's how I do it for real estate agents. It's how I get e-commerce sales in my e-commerce store. Um, it's all through warming people up because there's so many people who are just expecting to post an ad, to post something, and to get a response. And you have to earn that response. You have to earn it. And the way you earn it is by giving people value and showing them that you care and that you're the authority and that you're not going to disrespect their decision process by expecting them to make a commitment when they have no idea why they should. I love that. Uh, that's so interesting. I never heard it distilled like that. So I teach it in five components, which it's the same thing, but it builds it out a little bit, which I think might be interesting for you. So I teach it, um, sales funnel, five stages, attention, interest, evaluation, negotiation, decision. And I find mm -hmm. that this works whether you're buying bread marketing services, a home, or another business for $100 million. Like, it doesn't matter. Everyone goes through these five psychological. So attention is the same, right? We start, so you're calling it awareness, I'm calling it attention. Um, attention comes, it's almost the precursor for awareness even. It's like, did you get their attention? It could be a headline, it could be a social post, it could be an ad, it's just something. Again, it's the same thing. Are people aware that you exist? right? You've got to grab their attention. But there's a key that moves them to the next level. Did you get the right people at the right time in the right way? Yep. If you did, then they're interested. Yep. At interest, you got to move them. If it was the right thing, they'll be interested. They'll look more. If they like what they see, you kind of got to tee them up, right? I think it's exactly what you're saying. If they've looked at a little bit of a video, good. That's showing a certain level of interest. Give them more. Give them value. That first thing I find, again, some people need it to be valuable, but some people just need it to pique their curiosity. As long as you pique curiosity yeah. and interest, again, in the right way for the right people at the right time, they'll move into interest. So I feel like your awareness kind of bottles those two. It's attention and interest. And then yeah. by me, it moves into what I call evaluation 
negotiation, which by you, I think is the consideration yeah. components. But when you break it out into two, and, and I think yeah. it's important because before anyone's going to seriously consider, they're going to evaluate. So you've got to have something yeah. for them to evaluate. And I've seen many businesses lose this part. They'll do content marketing and expect it to go straight to decision, but they don't give people what to evaluate. So I've seen, and then maybe you, you've seen this also, which makes yeah. sense. I've seen people do online marketing and not have a website. They'll try to drive people mm -hmm. straight to buying something that's offline, straight to buying something in a yeah. place where it doesn't, it just doesn't explain it. Or they have like a really, really garbagey website where they're like, Hey, I ran all these ads. Oh my gosh. Want to hear a crazy story? Had this guy e-commerce. Okay. Selling like a kid's toy and they were running. I get so mad when marketers do this. And I even knew the person who ran his whole thing. He paid tens of thousands of dollars to someone to redo his whole site, build him a custom e-commerce. I'm like, why did anyone build you a custom e-commerce site anytime after 2015? I don't know, but whatever. <laughs> like we've, we've got yeah. templates and services for that now <laughs> that are really cheap. Fine. Someone built him yeah. a custom e-commerce site. Then they started running ads online, taking people straight to order forms and order pages. I'm like, do you think you're magnetiles? Do you think you're Lego? Like, why do you think that you're going to take this brand new toy that no one's ever heard of, that no one knows anything about? You're going to run ads. So you got their attention and they're even interested, but you give them nothing to evaluate. You just have to go make a decision. Yeah. There's got to be something yeah. for people to learn more about you. And then they negotiate. So negotiation yeah, is either in person or in your own head, right? I always teach a story about bread. You're like, should I get this? Should I not get this? Is it worth it? And you can lose people at any point. Um, but I'm very interested in the idea of kind of the yeah. refunnel, right? So let's say you lose them. And I, I always talk about this. You can lose them at any level. I always say you've got to plug them back in at the top. Do you say that you plug them back into the top? Where do you plug people back in if you lose them somewhere along the way? It depends. Um, if it's like, for example, someone goes to a landing page and then they don't actually put their info in, we're not going to put them back at the funnel. Probably what we're going to do is we're going to start showing them social proof. So like video testimonials, uh, testimonial carousels, things like that. Um, if, for example, somebody gets all the way, I, the other thing too is like, you have to remember that people get tired of seeing the same thing over and over again. So if you're like, think about when you're watching TV and you see the Geico commercial and like the first time you just totally crack up and then this time you change the channel right so like it gets to the point where like you're like ah enough of this i'm gonna get, get rid of it so you got to make sure you're changing things up so when you say top of the funnel yes you're putting them back into that stage but we don't want to be keeping showing them the same thing over and over again because it's just like it'd be like um when you cold call somebody and they tell you they're not interested and then the next day you cold call them and you pitch them the same exact thing and they tell you they're interested. like i you already told me this I'm not interested. You just keep blowing them up. So the way that we do it is we kind of find different niches and different angles. And um, we use this strategy called unique, unique angle advertising. Um, and so usually what we're doing is we're looking for very, very targeted groups of people. So we're going with a certain real estate agent and they're looking to do a buyer's campaign. That's completely different from a seller's campaign. Well, a buyer is usually also going to be a seller and a seller is also usually going to be a buyer. We're hooking people in at their highest interest level. And so we have different pieces of content. So like the awareness stage content, um, usually we'll have like two to three pieces of content and we'll show that content in a cycle and a tandem. That way people who are at that same stage in their head uh, aren't getting bored. So totally, yes, put them back in the top of the funnel. But there's also a point where like you see somebody go, you see, you know, we'll run a funnel for like three to six weeks and like we can just also tell like it's not worth keep spending money on these people. But the other thing too is, we do, I do a lot of video ads. And the reason I do video ads is because they're super cheap and you can qualify people for like a tenth of a penny. So like, for example, if we're going to run a video ad and you have a thousand dollars of ad budget in 30 days, your ad's probably going to be shown to like close to a hundred thousand people, um, depending obviously on the quality of the content, the size of your targeting audience, um, and how quickly you scale things. But if you're doing a thousand dollars in ads, you should be showing about a hundred thousand people your ads. Um, with a video and that's very very inexpensive talk about that kind of exposure I mean I sit here all day and I talk to real estate agents who are at luxury price points and they're paying 2500 bucks to have the listings featured in luxury home magazine and nobody's I mean you know 100 people are going to read that um, and it's not going to be distributed fast enough for them to sell their listing in a time frame that makes them happy so why not take that budget and put it into an online ad campaign where we have a, a, a sexy beautiful listing video that's created by a videographer we have photography put together for you. 
Um, and then we're actually targeting people who are making the amount of money that you need to make in order to purchase that home. They're also uh, financially qualified because they're not behind on their credit or their mortgages. So we're also targeting that. Um, and then they're also browsing. Can you check websites. that inside a Facebook ad? Um, with Google ads, you have more ability to do those things, but um, you can target like people who have uh, high, high spending credit cards. You can target people who okay. are uh, luxury purchase habits. You can't, you can't blatantly just people with good credit. But you can right. You can't like you can target, target like credit attributes. over seven hundred. <laughs> no, you can, but you can target attributes of Got it. people okay. who have good credit, which would be Got people it. who drive luxury cars. People, who, you know what I mean? Um, totally. So that's kind of like what we so do walk there. Me through, walk me through the process. Yeah. So you're using. Um, I feel like I wanted like. I want to ask you all the stuff you know, but I want to kind of drill into where you're really a super expert here. So I know that's in specifically PPC, which is pay-per-click paper click ads, trying to say two words at the same time, um, for real estate. So what is what are the tools? You're using Google ads and Facebook ads? Yeah, so we do Google ads, we do Facebook ads, we build custom um, lead funnels, lead forms for people, um, where we're collecting information like, Basically, when a lead comes in, the agent's getting, they're going to know the name, the phone number, the address of the home the person wants to sell, the time frame they want to sell it in, the credit score, the amount of down payments they have saved for buying a house, they've gone through foreclosures or anything like that. What are you trading so, for? One second, I got to backtrack. Step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Like, what's the order of events? Someone comes to you, yeah. you take them on, what do you got to build for them? So the first thing you build, yeah. I'm guessing, is the lead funnel and the advertising yeah. ads. Yeah, so it depends. Um, step one is finding out what the agent currently has going. So sometimes an agent's like, I have five listings right now that are active and they've been on the market for two weeks and I'm starting to get nervous about how fast they're going to sell. And I'll say, okay, great. One of the fastest ways we can generate you leads now is by taking these listings and putting them into ads and then running those ads to people who are qualified to purchase the home and generating buyer inquiries for you. Um, so that's one strategy. And then like for a seller strategy, it would be what we prime predominantly doing now is we're creating um, these video business cards for real estate agents. Um, and basically the video business card is a 60 to 90 second video. Um, we have very high production. We've invested in some really nice cameras and I have a team of, of guys who are doing it. I'm not the videographer. Um, basically we run these video ads and it's talking about pain points of sellers and, and like how to properly, um, how to spacing on what you do, um, decorate the home. I forget the terminology for that, but how to probably oh, do that. And all these things. At staging. Um, staging. Yes. There we go. I should know that. <laughs> um, how to probably. <laughs> stage the home. I worked with a couple of real estate <laughs> clients. <laughs> yeah. So we're running those ads. Um, the video business card has been great because the video business card actually also generates buyer inquiries. Sometimes a lot of times it's kind of like a real estate agent showing, you know, we do some things where we're showing them. I, I could totally send you an example. I don't know if we Okay. Yeah, guys, send me an example and I'll link it in the show notes. When you go to sdran.com slash 55, 56, yeah. 56, you'll so find we're it. We're putting together these video business cards, they're 60 to 90 seconds. Um, and then we're running them and then we're retargeting people and we can do something where we can segment. So we could start out with just one ad, one video ad. We're running that ad to a big audience of people. And on average, people are going to watch a video for four to seven seconds and then they're going to leave. So we're saying this is a 90 second video. Anyone who watches 60% of it or more, we're going to put you into a custom audience to follow up with you. We're also doing something where we're segmenting the audience. So we're seeing people, we're saying, if you watch this video and you've also been browsing this website, looking for homes to purchase, we're going to show you ads on things about benefit buyers. If we're doing it and we're seeing that um, you're looking at a lot of things that insinuate you are actually going to list your home, we're going to show you like three home appraisal things and all different opportunities to get like a lead magnet. Um, but it's all starting out with qualifying their interest based on their engagement in the video because I see way too many people who like they'll run ad campaigns and they'll have like you know a one to a three percent conversion rate which like statistically speaking yes that is like average but like we want to run ad campaigns that are converting 20 percent of the people who come in contact with it 30 percent and i do have ad campaigns and landing pages that are getting 27 percent conversion rates and the reason why is because we're prefacing everything with content. So Got it. you're qualifying them all first. So guys, just so you know, conversion, right? They come to the page, they give you their information. It doesn't mean they've bought, but it means that they have given you their contact information and they're now a qualified lead. Yep. And it's, 
it's something that's been working really well and I, it's we're actually um i'm local to zillow which is a big powerhouse in real estate um they're actually like pretty close to where i live and so uh, i've actually met with their advertising team and talked to them kind of about the stuff that we're doing and i've been seeing a lot of people switching from doing zillow to what i'm doing because we're charging less and we're getting better quality leads um, and the cool thing about what we're doing is it's exclusive leads so when you pay zillow when you pay these other powerhouse directories for leads a lot of times it's going out to multiple people in the zip code even if you're paying the premium 10 grand a month and you're buying out of zip code you're still probably sharing your leads with three to five other agents who are paying them 10 grand a month to buy out that zip code and so you're really not getting a lead you're just getting somebody who's looking for a home that you can call and you're paying 300 bucks for those leads each whereas when we're running these video campaigns depending on the demographic like if it's super luxury price point, they're a little more expensive, but down to the low, they're pretty low. It's like 10 bucks pop for a lead, which is like, you know, that's pretty awesome. And when you're thinking about how you're running an ad as a, a real estate agent who's, you know, selling 20 or so homes in a year, making about a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars And you realize you can get not only a hundred people uh, inquiring about a home in a month, but you can also add them to your pipeline your email drips on them and six months later they might not have purchased from you at the initial contact but they keep seeing the content you're putting out they decide to come back it's a pretty cool opportunity just because you get that exposure for so cheap um, so it's worked out well and yeah, I love um, that so the process is video Facebook ads because you can't do video ads through Google Ads YouTube ah pre-roll ads got it yeah okay but all pre-roll yep Okay, so no interruption. Um, well, ads. you can place you can place ads and interruption. I know, but I'm curious if you do because I feel like interruption ads are still at the highest level of annoyance possible. Yeah, like you're in the middle of watching something, and whatever it is doesn't even matter. Let's say it's like an instruction video on how to use your new phone, which I did recently, right? I got a new phone, and so I was just going through like a bunch of these, like you know, top ten things to do when you open your phone first. Six new hacks for the Google Pixel Three. Da da da. So you're in the middle of this, and suddenly, right smack in the middle, where they're like, and then you press the, and now a word from our sponsor. You're like, ah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, uh, no, we, we split test everything. So I personally don't like those ads, but, um, I always split test it. So we always disperse everything on multiple platforms for our clients. And usually within 60 days, we narrow it down to one. Um, and that way we are able to get the best results because I have examples where like, I'm working with a Laguna beach real estate agent who does a lot of home flipping and, and wholesale. And, uh, we've been getting him really, really great results on Facebook ads. Um, we're really low cost per lead. And then there's another agent that I'm working with in the Washington area who does something similar and he got better results from YouTube, even though they have the same business model and kind of the same value proposition. For some reason, one did better on Facebook in California and one did better on YouTube in Snohomish County. So it's like, we always want to make sure that we're doing our clients justice and it's more labor for us. But end of the day, having a happy client stay with you for 12 months, it pays itself off. Uh, to do that extra work and make sure you're like testing for them. And that's what online sure. ads is, testing, 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 testing. You put $5 into an ad for three days and you have 12 other ads at the same budget. You kill off the losers and you put it into the winners and eventually you have these ad campaigns that have proven themselves to be profitable. Not only are we saying, you know, we're putting $50 into this ad per day, but we can actually justify why because we're getting the best click, we're getting the best impressions, we're getting the lowest cost and the highest conversion that is really i mean and this isn't even my side of the business i'm not the one who's the the evil genius behind everything that's my business partner um but i understand it because i have to sell it totally totally and i you know what guys all of you listening you heard this again and again so by now you better have this drilled into your brain we've had a couple of people on the show who deal with online advertising facebook ads any kind of ppc ad and i always say it's test 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 and this works for offline ads also one of the things that kills me is when people will put an ad in three publications at the same time and then they have no idea which one worked like well the phone was ringing i'm like great did you put something at least in the ad that said like mention code x oh no, they all were the same ad because I don't want to pay the designer to make the edit. Like, really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then you're wasting the money in the long run. Because exactly. You, you have no idea yeah. which one worked. Exactly. So online advertising is not different. Right. And it's test. online is the best place where you can test, 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 and really see your results. So we start with the video ad through YouTube or Facebook. 
And then are we doing static ads or are we doing follow-up video ads? Meaning that first ad, you don't ask people to do anything. Yeah. You're just getting awareness and giving information. Yeah, so the so follow-up ads are uh, also videos? Yeah, so the funny thing is every ad's gonna have an opportunity for someone to get in touch. So just because we're showing a video ad, we're op so Facebook has a smart platform where you can optimize the algorithm for whatever you choose. Mm -hmm. um, because they, that's the only way they make their money is by having their ad platforms. They want to make sure it's working really well for you so that they can continue to earn your business. So you can choose all these different things. You can choose lead generation. You can choose conversions. You can choose video views. You can choose engagement. You can choose brand awareness. Some of them are kind of the same when you boil it down. But when you optimize an ad for video views, Facebook is charging you for a video view versus when you optimize an ad for conversions, they're charging you for a click. Click costs dollars, so they're expensive. A video view is just a view. It doesn't really insinuate that someone's gonna purchase, so Facebook doesn't really charge you a lot of money for that. So what we do is the ad's gonna look the same no matter what. It's always gonna be that same, Facebook ads always look the same. The content, and then there's the learn more button, and then there's the headline and the description, and it's always gonna have the same aesthetic, but you're optimizing differently. So just because we're putting it out for a video view doesn't mean someone can't click. If that video really hits their pain point, they might click right there and we're only paying for a video view, but we still got the click for free. So it's a really good way to do that. But then the second step in the funnel is people don't engage is number is, is a number of things. Number one, we're sending them offers of information. So like if it's a real estate agent, we might be doing like a free home appraisal. Um, it could be like um, we're offering cash for homes now. Um, that's something that's worked for some agents. It could be uh, showing them active listing. Um, sometimes we even put an agent who doesn't have any ads, and we just put together uh, an ad with links to a bunch of different NMLS homes, and um, people see like, oh, look at all these homes in the area, and then they become a buying client. So there's a kind of a bunch of different things, and it, it depends on the agent and what they're going for. Um, but usually the second stage is going to be something that's consideration driven, so it's going to be showing someone that your home just sold in less than two weeks. It's going to be like actually putting the proof in the pudding. Um, and sometimes we also do videos. So like one thing I've been doing really recently, we've been getting really into like video production. We're doing these blog series for real estate agents um, where they're answering common FAQs. They're kind of showing people when they're walking through homes and doing like evaluations and things like that. And then we're doing um, 12 blogs for 90 days worth. Um, and you post one a week for three months. And basically what we do is we put those and those are posted organically, but we still have the trigger in it so that anyone who watches 50% or more of the blog starts seeing ads. So it's another way to rope people in. Um, I also started doing this thing and this is kind of off chop topic, but I think it would be valuable for people to hear it. Um, I started doing this thing where I send video pitches to people. So I've been training my sales team where like we do a screen record with the webcam and we yeah i was gonna say that using loom when you said that you send an invoice or proposal to someone always with a call i'm like why would you not send any proposal like why would you ever in 2019 send a proposal without a video yeah so i actually don't even usually what i do for the proposal is i'll be like i'll have a strategy together for you and we can review it together and then i'll send it to them five minutes before the meeting and then they ah, have it okay got it but for my cold sales pitch i'll put together like a five to six minute video um, that like I started with the person's Facebook profile page because it grabs their attention and then I walk them through you can see the info and ads what they're doing and everything but I also do the same thing for myself where I'm sending out these YouTube videos and email to people and people who click and watch the video get put into my advertising funnel where they start seeing my ads because they showed Love interest it. in my video and now they're qualified to get targeted um, so I do it for myself too and uh, we've been doing this for real estate agents it's been working really well because it's you know the blogs are value 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 um, and it's not asking anything in return. And number one, the blog works really well because it helps the real estate agent get brand awareness. It's giving value. And a lot of times I had this happen where like we put a blog out for an agent um, and like one of her followers, sister's looking for a home and like the agent's talking about something that buyers need to pay attention for. And then the sister sends it to her, to her sister who isn't following the agent and the agent watches that video and then like, hey, my sister sent me your blog. I wanted to get in touch with you and see if you find, find a home in the area. And it's just like this great way to organically grow, but it all starts with value. It all starts with giving away something to other people that you know is going to benefit them so that they will trust you and they will have rapport and they will want to work with you. Um, and the ad campaigns have to be built the same way. Totally. So that was my other question, which is when they come to your page, 
right? And, and I realized now it wasn't last week, it was two weeks ago um, that we spoke to someone about this. What are you giving them away in exchange for their email? So it's either it's the promise of a free appraisal, like what, what are you trading yeah. them for their information? Especially if it's a longer form where you're saying like, I'm gonna give you all their yeah. info. Why are they giving you all their info? What have you promised them? It depends. Um, so for some agents, we're doing like people inquiring about a home. We're doing a listing ad for them. So the, the lead magnet there is like get to do this home in person by submitting your info and scheduling your, your tour. Um, sometimes for sellers, it's like getting your home appraised for free or sometimes even the content is good enough where people just want to get in touch to start the process um but usually we're giving away like a free appraisal uh, ability to tour a home uh home buyer classes things like that um sometimes we've like done like the home flippers where people want to get cash for their home to so start the process on that um but usually if you preface things properly you sometimes don't even need to have necessarily like a offer or like a lead magnet for people to want to get in touch you just put yourself out there and the agents are using content and video content to educate home buyers. Um, people will just say, I want to get in touch with you. I don't expect a free home appraisal. And they're probably going to get one anyways because every agent is free home appraisal. But um, it's just people putting their info. And usually it goes, like, if you're looking to buy or sell in the area, um, click the link below to, to schedule a time to talk to me. That's like something that's worked right there. And people will click the link and then they'll go and fill out their info on the form. And so it. really, it depends on how well you preface it. Because if, you, if you're not giving people context as to why they want to talk to you, they don't know your personality, they don't know who you are, they don't know anything to do with you, obviously you're going to have to give them something in order to get them to want to talk to you. But if you're putting yourself out there and you're letting people see your face, talk, or hear you talk and get value from you, a lot of times that's enough. It's enough right there for them to want to get in touch. Totally. That makes so much sense. I love it. Um, okay. That was that was. Very, very cool. Guys, I hope you realize if you're in real estate at all, then just broke it down for you. Okay. You can go and turn over seven figures in sales now just on this. Um, and you can call Ben and he'll do it for you. So back yeah. to your big business problem, um, training people and scaling. So yeah, what are you so, trying to train people to do? So my whole thing, I'm 24 years old and, um, I love what I do right now, but I also am very ambitious with like some of the other businesses I want to, I want to get into. So like my whole thing is like mastering a skill set and then uh, basically building a system that other people can profit from the same endeavor. So that's what we've been focusing on right now. We've got a team of 10 people. Um, a lot of it is back end. So I have three business development guys. Um, I have some videographers and we have some ad experts who are managing the campaign. Um, and for me, it's been finding good salespeople um, and training them because I have so much in my head of like almost four years of doing this where like to me it's second nature, but like to other people, it's like this is totally a new industry that I've never had any experience in. So that's been my biggest obstacle is like getting people trained and um, we've been writing out our systems and processes and making sure that people are getting onboarded. Um, but that's my biggest thing right now is transitioning from being, you know, a two man team that has people we delegate the, the labor to, to now being, you know, someone who's also not only managing current clients, but also helping build a sales team. Um, and it's been working. I mean, what I've been doing has been working. Um, I've been able to get some good people. And the way that I've been able to really, you have to, if you want to get good salespeople, or you want to get good employees, you got to make it worth it to them. And so what we've been doing is I give my salespeople um, kind of run it like a financial portfolio. So like they have basically all the support and backing of us, um, but they manage their clients and they get paid reoccurring on a monthly basis for every client they bring in. So it's really a benefit because like one of my guys is already making $2,000 a month reoccurring. He's been working with us for 60 days and um, he's, you know, now he's just got to manage those relationships. We're doing all the work, sending him everything is sent out reports, everything. All he has to do is deliver it. Um, and so there's tons of incentive for him to number one, be very customer service oriented when making the sale because it's not transactional for him. And number two, going to keep him around because he's getting cash flow that's reoccurring and he doesn't have to do really much to support it um, and so it keeps him in our ecosystem but it's taken me a while it's taken me like eight months probably i'd say probably most of 2018 was cycling through team members and then i mean as a business owner <clears throat> it can be frustrating but i know it's just part of the game um, when you bring someone on trainer for two months and they leave 
like, shoot, you know, I just spent a lot of time giving you my knowledge. Um, but it's part of it. And, you know, you go through five of them and you get two good ones and then, and then it's worth it. So that's been the biggest obstacle for me is people and processes. Luckily, um, a lot of the back end is totally squared away because my business partner is a badass at that. Um, but the front end and getting the sales teams managed and people and making sure everything is done, is, that's my biggest challenge. Totally hear that. Have you automated the training? Yeah, I do have, um, you know, Trainual? Nope, never heard of it. Um, so I actually have been getting blasted with their ads. They have a good advertising strategy. I guess they knew um, that you were looking. <laughs> yeah, they might. Um, I think maybe they just target like people who are entrepreneurs. I'm not sure. I've never I seen see it. Of, okay, so I see a lot of the Instagram ads. Um, maybe that must be it, I guess. Anyways. Um, so they have what, really someone cool, out there in Big Brother land knew you were looking. Exactly. Um, they have a lot of cool software opportunities where you can basically, it's kind of like those, um, I forget the name of it, but there's this software for building courses. That's just really There's easy a lot of that, like Kajabi. So it's kinda, oh. Yeah, it's Kajabi is what I'm thinking of. It's just okay. like Kajabi, but it's for training your employees. Interesting. And, uh, you, you pay, I think it's like 100 bucks a month. And then every time you add a user, it's like another 20 bucks a month. But you can curate quizzes, videos, restrict access, add access, uh, evaluate their retention on the knowledge. So it's really nice because um, that way I can train people and kind of give them like the geek side of PPC and like analytics and numbers and terminology and um, not just give them a document, but actually have an engaging course that takes them step by step. And then I can actually see on my end of things uh, how they're doing with it. And I can check in with them and say, hey, I know she had a hard time with this stuff. How can I help you? Um, that's kind of the LMS, best way to do it. But I don't see what yeah. makes it any better or different than the other LMSs. What, what's, again, Kajabi can do the same things. Teachable can do the yeah. same things. Trainual is just built for training employees, I think. And maybe maybe the reason why I chose it over others is the way they marketed to me. I was saying, it sounds like it's just marketing and branding. I wouldn't even be surprised if they white-labeled one of the other tools. Yeah, exactly. they might have. Uh, but it's working really well. Great. So uh, uh, this is the genius yeah. of marketing. You can white-label someone else's tool, and then you got a guy like Ben going, listen, you know, I, it's just, it's great for training employees. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to tell you if they white-labeled in. Yeah, <laughs> what other no, tools I know? evaluated it and I decided I liked it. And totally. Yeah, no, I, I, I see that all the time. A lot of the bigger um, um, screen sharing or, or video conferencing platforms are white labeling Zoom. I told you this before we started. And so they're selling under their branding another person's tool. Right, and that's that's yeah. a lot of what's out there now, but that's marketing and branding for you. Love it. So have you created the target profile of your ideal hire? Yeah, I've actually gotten uh, things narrowed down. It's interesting. Um, for, for some reason, it's a weird dynamic being 24 years old and holding a business and then like hiring people that are older than you. Uh, it is. Oh, I always find it interesting to hire someone older than me. It's always a little awkward. Sometimes, well, sometimes like I have this guy and um, he's doing really well. He's honestly doing best at anybody, but he came from Microsoft actually. He's working with us now. Um, he did $140 million in sales in the four years he was with them selling software services to corporations. And um, they do a four year on, one year off for contractors. So he's on his year off. And he was like, I'm not sure if I want to go back to corporate. I'm on my year off. And he's like, not got a shortage of income. But he's interested in building something that's sustainable and that he can travel and not be in the office and things like that. So he's in his late 30s. And uh, he's been working with me. And it's been really interesting because I've actually like, learning a lot from this guy and at the same time he's teaching me so it's been really really cool i think i'd like to find more people like that because we're um pretty established at this point like it, we are still technically like small business but we have a good foothold we have reoccurring clients we have contracts that are extending for 12 months or more um so revenues are good they're not going anywhere and so for me i'd like to hook these people in who are like qualified and um, i have been able to work with some really big companies um, just through like networking and relationships, but I feel like also getting some of these guys who are, you know, from Microsoft, from Amazon, they have their foothold with these big corporations and they know people by name who are decision makers. So it's like awesome to have this dude here. And, um, you know, he knows a lot of large businesses in the area because he's worked with them setting up Microsoft systems for their business. So now he's switched to doing marketing. He can go and have the same relationship with 
the four-story Lexus car dealership down the street um, and get us opportunities for things like that, which leads to really large contracts. I'd like to get more people like that, but I will say that um, connecting with guys kind of an anomaly because he was referred to me by kind of one of my mentors. So it worked out. Um, I don't necessarily know how to get these people. A lot of people who I'm getting wanting to work with me are typically younger, either dropped out of college and I've kind of had this problem with a lot of people want to come and they want to go to school and then they want to leave. Um, and like, I'm all for people following their dreams and doing their passion, but I don't really want to be training people on how to build a marketing agency just to have them leave six months later to try and do it themselves. So I've had to get kind of, um, not malicious, but just had to get some non-competes and things put together with, with some teeth in them just so that people aren't taking literally ripping my stuff off and using it because I've had that happen twice now. Um, and it's not, you know, it's just when you're doing well in business or you're doing well in something, people are going to try and copy you. But I just don't want to be investing six months into somebody for them to just leave and try and do it themselves. Um, so right. it's hard. It's hard because my mindset is not an employee mindset. My mindset is like, you know, just go do it, get it done. You know, you can do it. And like, I've kind of struggled like finding people who are not, they don't there's people who just don't want to be the boss they just want to know what to do they want to have a job and i've been having a hard time finding those people so right well in the in the generation younger than you they're they're less and less of them because everyone thinks they can do yeah. their own thing i'm so interested i, I mean it could true. build a side income stream this is yeah. not to do with your hiring thing but if your training literally trains people to build an agency like yours what if you just charged for it instead Make people pay to get trained, then they have the opportunity to stay and work with you or not. Yeah, the course. I've thought about doing the course thing. Um, there's some other guys who have agencies kind of where we're at, they're similar age, um, and they are doing that and they're making a killing from it. Um, yeah, you've already built it. You know it works because people yeah. have gone through it and then gone and built businesses. I just feel like there's so many kind of like gurus out there that are doing this stuff uh, and selling these courses where like, yeah, it's an opportunity. I just haven't dove into it yet. I've actually we started um, two other businesses that I do outside of just the marketing agency. So I actually um, I do wholesale real estate myself because we are able to generate leads um, for people who want to sell their home for cash. So we do that um, and work with some local investors. And then on top of that, we have um, an Instagram automated software that we work with um, that we had built out. And we we have a lot of our clients on it because they want to grow their Instagrams with a separate business. And then I have an affiliate marketing program with that. I've got um, a lot of guys who are like in the fraternities or the young college guys who I have a decent sized Instagram following. A lot of them are guys who are younger than me wanting to get into business. And like they'll reach out to me asking if there's opportunities. I'll be like, yeah, if you want to sell this Instagram thing, you keep 30% of everything you sell. It's reoccurring. It actually does add real followers. Um, and so I've been pushing that. So I'm like branching out. Um, but Zima is still, you know, the bread and butter. Totally. Um, you know what makes so much sense to me based on what you're saying, um, especially because of the age brackets and just where all the trends are going with, with the youth and the Gen Zs. Um, I would totally classify your target employee as someone who probably is in their mid 30s or above. Yeah. Um, and I would have you go after them with your own advertising, qualify mm -hmm. them the same way you're doing all your other qualified leads, let mm -hmm. them come to you. Again, if you know that there's, I'd never heard of this thing where the bigger companies have like four years on one year off for contractors. But if you know that's a thing, you can specifically go after those people. And if you make the offer compelling for them, then that's them. You want someone, and I do a lot this a lot when I interview, I ask filter questions that aren't obvious filter questions. Although now that everyone's listening to this podcast, I'm being found out. Um, but I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, for, for something like this, let's say, and I do also try to filter my employees because I don't want to bring in and train people either who are going to then take all my knowledge and go try and do things and then probably put my name on it and be like, yeah, I worked for Esther Rand and I was trained by her. Like, Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so one of the things that's important for me to know about anyone before I hire them is, you know, how do you feel about running your own business? Like, because what we do is we help business people build and grow businesses. And so I, I want to hear it. Listen, I think it's amazing. It's really just like, not for me. Like, I don't want the pressure. I don't want the headache. I just much rather be paid, but I love the industry. I think it's so cool. I think everyone should do it. And I just, I don't want that headache. You know, yeah. an answer like that is what you want to hear from somebody. When you hear that, 
you know, it's just, it's not in there. Now that does, is it foolproof? No, but yeah. it gives you that. And there are, just like you said, there are people who just want to collect salaries. Yeah. And there are those who don't like, so, and you want to ask it as a couched question, more of like a, like, tell me, <laughs> everyone's going to hate me now, <laughs> but, but I do genuinely want to know, and I'm not going to not hire you because of it. I'm just not going to train you for free. Um, and I've done that also. I brought people in, in almost like a, a contractor capacity where they will pay for training and they can work with me and they can do their own thing. And I'm fine with that. It's just a different arrangement. So there, mm -hmm. um, but but you want to just That's ask smart. them as like an exploration question. Like, what do you think of this? Like, I love, like, do you want to run it? Have you run your own thing in the past? Do you know? Cause we work with entrepreneurs and business owners. Are you familiar yeah. with this? Are you into it? More of a getting to know you than a, do you plan on taking my stuff and then doing your own thing? Like no one ever can answer that properly. Yeah. One thing that's interesting too is like um, really to scale. Cause where we're at now, like our average client is paying us about 1500 bucks a month. Um, and then we have larger clients where some of the real estate is about 1500 bucks a month. Um, and then they fund their own ad budget. Sometimes they're paying more, sometimes they're paying a little less depending on the deal they got. But um, some of the other industries we have like more custom stuff where it's like a lot larger lot packages. And um, what I've found is in order to really scale, you got to turn your service into a product. Um, and so that's what we've been working on. And that's why real estate has grown for us because we've figured out like bread and butter way to onboard people and, like for listing ads, we can do that and we can have the ad up and running in 72 hours, you know, everything. So that's what I've been focusing on is figuring out how to productize my service because right now, even though we're growing and we're pretty, we're doing pretty well, um, things are still somewhat dynamic. And so um, I think the only area our business is really productized is in real estate. And once I can get that for multiple industries um, or for like, just like this package, this package, this package, instead of like custom catering to people, I think I could really scale. But on the flip side, I feel like turning your service into a product sometimes reduces the results that you're able to provide because you're just giving everyone the same thing. And um, so it's like interesting it's trying to figure out where we want to go. And to be honest with you, I think we'll still build this real estate and that's what we'll really productize. But I think my long-term goal for the agency is um, number one, I'm 24 years old and I've learned how to market and sell shit online, which is like, I'm so happy that I decided to do this. Um, number two, I would like to leverage what I'm currently doing to get into bigger consulting projects where like, rather than people paying us 200 bucks a month, you know, we're looking at six figure contracts with companies like Vivint or Keller Williams, you know, big companies that are saying, you guys are killing it with a lot of the people that are in our agency. We'd like you work to work with us as a whole. Those are things where, you know, that's like two, three years out. I see that happening. Um, but I'm trying to build my A team right now. So it's interesting. And it's definitely a battle. I think like one of the hardest things we've encountered has been trying to build the right team, but we're starting to get a foothold in it. And it's just a, it's just a consistency and persistence thing. For sure. And profiling your ideal staff. I profile my yeah. staff the same way I profile my clients. And when I teach yeah. my, my clients to hire, I do the same thing with them, right? It's target marketing. Whether you place yeah. ads for them or not, it's getting a really clear picture of the person you need to bring on. So clear, yeah. as clear as your target. Um, and if I might offer my unsolicited opinion on your scaling strategy, you could scale your entire agency into eight figures and beyond just focusing on real estate, not yeah. necessarily productizing it, building out your whole triangle in real estate. Now, if it gets boring, so you might decide to do something else, you might build another thing. But if you become known as the online marketing agency for real estate, yeah. you can scale the whole thing from there and you can have your productized at the lowest level, you know, possibly yeah. even like a do it yourself where it's a course and you train people and they just, that will be your course instead of the training you built for other people to build their own agency, it would be a training for real estate agents who want to do their own marketing. They'll pay a few thousand dollars one time and then go happy on your own. At the next level, yeah. you bump them up and you say, listen, you can take that whole investment and our team will do it for you. And, and yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll minus your investment in our course. You took the course, you're like, whoa, I'm in way over my head. Hey, we're here. We got you. And then at the highest yeah. tier is where you have your consulting with the big companies. That's yeah. where you have a really scalable business. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, um, so one thing that's interesting, I think 2018 was really a year of like transitioning from working in the business to working on the business. And so we got a lot of our backend systems built out, kinks worked out. 
Um, and so now is like the first time where we've really had the time to actually play around with our own marketing campaigns. So we're actually pretty excited. Um, we are launching a, a campaign um, in the next week or so for a webinar series. It'll be an auto webinar to run to real estate agents nationwide. Um, but we're giving them our three highest performing ads that we've run. Um, and I believe our clients in the last two years, we've had seven and a half million dollars of commissions closed from our leads, um, which is pretty awesome. And so we're giving the three highest performing ads that help clients close that much money. And then we're doing an auto webinar, which I'm, I'm currently writing and recording pieces of it. Um, and so that should be, I was noticing a lot of people in the niche that I'm in, or a lot of people in the agency, the way that they're getting really big ROIs is through webinars. So I'm super excited to launch that, um, hopefully really scale things there. Cause I'd say the way we have things built out now, you can add on another 30 clients without having to really break things. But once we hit that 30 mark, um, it'll have to be like, all right, we've got to figure out how to make everything work and add another person into it. But I'm, I, what you said is totally- But that's your scaling triangle. You are right yeah. now only in that middle level. You're in the DW, yeah, done with you. You're only there. You don't have the top tier. Well, you, that's not true. You're all top tier. I totally said that wrong. Um, you're doing everything as it's done for you. But that's your mid-range service. You haven't made it a premium service because you don't have anything else yet. So yeah. you have to build down. Yeah, and it's interesting because I've gotten projects with, um, I have some clients that are pretty large and they're like really just random stuff. Actually, where I started my business was doing fitness lead generation. Um, and so we have, we picked up a local fitness club that has uh, 33,000 members, which has been like a huge project. Um, and that kind of stuff is really fun because I like real estate. It's actually been a blessing to be able to learn uh, alongside of some of these like really high producing agents. Um, but it's also really fun to like get these creative projects where, you know, we worked with a jewelry company in Los Angeles last summer and we produced a, a video ad for them. Um, and it was just like, we had this Instagram influencer named Natalie and she had 3 million Instagram followers. And so we worked with her to actually be in the ad. And then I subcontracted out to videographers. It was like super cool experience to do that. Actually ended up making no money on it. after Right. I was going to say like, those are fun, but it's yeah. not yeah, but you can always do fun things like that when the millions are rolling in from your stable business. Yeah, absolutely. And we're at a good, I love, that's one thing too I love about having um, an agency is the reoccurring because we have all of our clients on auto pay. So every single month we're getting these auto payments every, you know, on the day that the person signed up. So it's like all of a sudden. So my much fun. Off. It's like getting, it's like being on a salary as a business owner. Every month your yeah. payroll comes in. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a, you know, sometimes I'll wake up or like you feel kind of like unmotivated and like I wake up and like I see my stripes and then I'm like, wow, you know, I'm doing That's it. That's cool. You're like, like, hey, this, is, this, this thing is working. I love yeah. it. On that note. Consistency, man. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. On that note, I would love to talk to you longer because there's so many more things I want to hear from you. Um, but we yeah. are out of time. It's been a long talk. It went fast. <laughs> for me too. I told you, I love talking to other marketers. It's my favorite hobby. So yeah. where can people find you if they want to learn more about your strategies, check out your webinar, if they're in real estate and they want your help, where should people check you yeah. out? People should check out our website, which is zimamarketing.com. So Z-I-M-A-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G.com. Um, the other great place to check it out is my personal Instagram profile. Um, I have a decent amount of following, so I try to put a lot of content on there. Um, but that is uh, B-E-N-J-M-N-M, so it's just Instagram.com backslash B-E-N-J-M-N-M. -M. It's like Benjamin without, it only has the E and not the rest of the L. Got um, it. All right. I'll put both those links on the website. So yeah, it was really great. I really appreciate you having me on air and uh, hopefully I give value to everyone who watches. Oh, you totally did. And I'm going to ask you for one more little piece of value. I like to surprise my guests who aren't familiar with the show and ask for a quote. It doesn't have to be your favorite one of all time, but it can be. Um, but any quote to kind of send everyone on their day with. Gosh, a quote. Um, man, you're totally going to stump me here. Um, a favorite line, a saying, a mantra, something you say to yourself. It doesn't have to be like yeah. a famous guy said this. Like you know, anything uh, you repeat to yourself. I once worked with this guy who was like totally the salesy consultant and it ended up ending up badly. But I picked up this saying from him and it's, um, 
you don't know what you don't know. And like that is actually so true. And it actually works so well when you tell people that. So I'd say like, you don't know, you know, you don't know what you don't know because it's true. And it just opens your eyes to like, you can always be learning and optimizing things. I love that line. I love that line. I, I, I live that also. Amazing. Ben, this was so great. Guys, we're going to put all those links into the write-up at sdran.com slash 56. And you can go and check out Ben and check out his stuff and his socials. And if you're in real estate or you're looking into any kind of really effective online pay-per-click marketing, Ben sounds like he is totally your guy. And as you know, lately I have been telling you to obviously subscribe, like that's the given, duh, and make sure all your friends are subscribed, but I want your reviews and I've got to tell you, they're coming. I love it. I'm watching these reviews come in. You are making me so happy. Like I say, I know you're listening. I'm watching my stats, but I want to know who you are and I want to know what you love and I want to know what you love more and I want to know what else you want to hear about. So do me a favor right now. Stop what you're doing. This doesn't take more than like a minute, literally. Okay. I give you hours of my time every week <laughs> recording these episodes and publishing them. Give me 60 seconds and tell me what you love and tell me what else you want to hear about. And we will catch you next week. Ben, thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?